come back at 1.30 and finish it up. Anybody going to make it back? Just run or something if you're coming back. Sweetie, I'll be teaching you this morning. You'll be here. Meg and Ryan, y'all be here. So I'm, I'm only playing with you. However, it is a two-parter, as many parts, I guess, but I'm just going to let you know that uh, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit this morning. Do you know who He is? Notice I said know who He is. He is a person. He ain't an it, even though we use that to introduce Him as, a, as like a title, but He ain't an it. He's a He. He's the third person in the Trinity. We need Him. In the next message that I preach, we're going to talk about some people don't got him. I'm going to mess with your theology this morning. I ask that you try to let it come into maybe some of your theology because I don't know what your background is, but let this soak in um, because we need him. There are a lot of people who are Christians today who've never gone to that place before. Somebody taught them that it was wrong, it can't happen. There's been some bad examples about that in, in some cases that might tend to justify, but what is it I've been telling you for the last, this whole year? If the Bible says it, that's what we believe. Don't take anybody's opinion on anything. Search the Scriptures. And by the way, if you know the Holy Spirit, He will teach you all things the Bible tells us. So we're going to be talking about him this morning, but I'm kind of doing it backwards. I'm introducing you to him in one way. I'm, uh, I'm not going to say me. It's, it's the Lord that's doing it. I've got a lot of notes. I will be reading this morning a lot because I don't want to get off on anything because we do need a good sound foundation. So we're kind of going to do it backwards, and then the next time that I speak, we're going to go and we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. I'm kind of doing it backwards, but I want you to understand the need. If you understand the need, then you, and you're going to have a whole month to stew on all this because you don't hear from me no more until July. Yeah, kids are next week. The week after that, we're on our way to Paraguay. The week after that, we're in Paraguay. The week after that, we're coming back. Might get here in time for church, but I don't think you want me preaching that morning. And then that puts us to July. It's ironic that God has laid this out this week. Because you look, how, look how empty it is. Look how empty the church is this morning. It's a holiday weekend. Do you know the next time I preach, it will be a holiday weekend, 4th of July weekend. And you say, well, maybe you should do it at a different time. Oh, no. That's why we have internet. God has impressed. You're here. It's for you this morning. It's been for me and... Excuse me. There's still a whole lot more that's going to soak in. So I want to get started this morning and, and just bear with me. I, I encourage you to take notes and I encourage you to ask questions if there's something you don't understand. The Bible tells us to let us sit down and reason together. It also tells us that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. And so we can come together on this if there's something you don't understand. Once again, I will ask you, whether you are Pentecostal or whether you're not, to take what you know and kind of lay it over to the side. Don't be trying to measure it up. Let's measure it up with the Word, okay? I think you're going to enjoy this. I hope you do. It's been good for me. So we're going to start out, and I titled this, How to Obey God. And the answer is by the Spirit. 
So we need to do some digging first. We're going to start out in John chapter 14, verse 15. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now I'm going to challenge you to take this wording right here, and I want you to look at it in the way that when you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Not changing the word, but I can use that word if, and it could mean that. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't, please let me know. I'll try to explain it better. But if at the time you start loving me, you won't have any problems keeping my commandments. Okay? But it's a, it's a whole package deal, so just remember that. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Comforter, KJV says. This is New King James I'm reading out of. Another helper. Not the same helper in a different suit. Not any, another helper. He is a, the third person in the th Trinity. That he may abide with you forever in the spirit of truth. That's who he is. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You hear that? He will be in you. He's speaking to the disciples here, okay? He hadn't been crucified yet. He will be with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he's going back there again, he it is who loves me. Very, 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 very important. If we're keeping the commandments, we love him. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and check this out, and manifest myself to him. Now this is one of the best scriptures that we can have about living in a victorious life. And we're talking about this morning about the person, the third person in the Trinity called the Holy Spirit. Or in another American or English translation, the Holy Ghost. It's written the same way in the Bible, in the Greek. It just depends if you speak Old English or if you speak Modern English. Those fights don't need to happen, okay, because I'm going to give you something here. We call him the Holy Spirit. We call him the Holy Ghost, and he is that. He is a gift, by the way. He's the promise. We're going to talk about that July the 4th weekend. That's why we got the Internet, so Charlie's going to download these messages. You can listen to them. You can feed on them. You can let them come in, take notes today. But I say that we have two wordings in the English language. we got different translations for it. But if you speak in, in Spanish, here we go. Let me try it. Espiritu Santo. That's the only way they say Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, are you with me this morning? Because if you fell off of the train here, you ain't going to listen to nothing else, and we really need to hear it. Espiritu Santo. And for another person in our congregation who speaks German, help me out here. Okay, here I go. Heiliger Geist. Heiliger Geist. And there's no other way to say it. 
Okay? So, next time that we meet, we're going to be talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Or baptismo con el Espíritu Santo. Or tofe met dem heiligen geist. 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 I see I get it backwards. And I wanted to do that because this lady has got a German Bible and she's translating from German to English in her brain. And I just love learning and trying to talk with you about things. I just wish I could speak your language, but I, I can't. But I, I'm going to learn. When we hang out more and more, we'll, we'll get it. But that's who we're going to be talking about today, and we're going to be talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit today, or not next time. Do you want me to tell you what's wrong with the average Christian? It's called disobedience. That's what's wrong with the average Christian. You want to know what's wrong with the average church? Disobedience. Do you want to know why people are not happy in their Christian walk? Now, you know some Christians. You know what I'm talking about. Don't be, don't be raising no hands and pointing no fingers. But you know what I'm talking about. They're just as sour as they can be. They wake up sour. They walk through the day sour. They go to bed sour. They even have nightmares at night because they don't even like themselves sometimes. And the whole reason that is is because it's a lack of of obedience and I'm here to tell you today you on yourself and on your own will never get to that place that you have this kind of obedience without the help of the spirit amen you gotta have him next time we're talking about how that happens and why it happens but I want you to know this I want us to be able to see what we need in order to know It'll be fresher on our minds when it's time to receive. Unless you guys want to stick around about two, we'll do the whole thing. It's up to y'all. Didn't hear no amen, so we'll do it in a month. For Christians, it pains my heart whenever they tell me that they love the Lord Jesus, but they're not obeying Him. It's foolish and empty talk is simply what it is. Can't love Him and disobey Him. Doesn't work. Can't happen. And the only way we can love him and obey him is by the Spirit. John 14 and 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be, my, will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That is clear evidence that we need to have him. We need to have this kind of love. We need to have this relationship. It's not going to be just parts and not some. It's got it's the whole package deal. Okay? That we believe. It's the whole package deal that we go and get baptized. It's in the Bible, right? And wasn't that what the great commission said? Go and preach this gospel to them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. That's what it says, and that's what we're to do. That's being obedient and listening to what the Word has to say. But then we have to have this manifestation of Him. We have to have the manifestation of Him, okay? So I want you to get that in your minds. But how is it then that our way of knowing, I guess, of, of, of our love for, for the Lord, if you look in Mark 12 and 31, it said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Well, you know, the second one is like it. We love each other as ourselves. So it's hinged on this love 
But how do we know? He's talking about with all of our hearts. Now, just exactly what does all of your heart mean? I love you guys, every one of you. I do. And I pray for you. And speaking of prayers, lift up Sister Roxanne. She lost her daughter. But she got saved before that happened. Can we give God some glory for that this morning? And all that happened because somebody was led by the Spirit to go and have a conversation with her. And prayer was going up that somebody would go and that would be able to happen. That's how it happened. But I love all of y'all. Eddie, I love you, man. You're like my dad. But you ain't my dad. But you like my dad. But our love for each other is not the same as the love that I got for sweetie. You say, well, how in the world's that? I don't know. But she is my intimate partner. That's the same kind of love we've got to have with the Lord. We have to have that same kind of intimacy. He knows us intimately. We need to know Him intimately. And we have to have the Spirit to help us do that. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's not some kind of superficial love. It's not something that we say and we don't do. We love Him with everything in us. You know, He did say, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Don't we see that? We say we love the Lord Jesus, but are we doing anything for the Lord Jesus? Are we showing up in church and singing a few songs? Or are we doing for the Lord Jesus? That's what it's about. Are we doing what the Word says? Are we doing what He's given us? With all of your heart is heartfelt. And that means that I want you, I mean, think about this. I don't want any of you all to be hating on my wife, not liking her. That hurts me if that happens. If it's the same thing with my children. Amen? Do you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody messes with your home, you're going to, you know, you kind of get a little edge on you. It's a heartfelt love. So we love Him with all of our heart. It's everything that is in us. He talks about with all of our soul. Now you think about this. The soul is just the self. It's us. It's who we are. It's what we are. And we love Him with our entire self. That means our entire being, so to speak, we give over to Him every aspect of our lives. There is no private area with God. Now, all of my soul, when somebody dies and they're laying up here in the casket, that is the body. You can do whatever you want to around that body, and that body will still just lay there. You can't embarrass it, you can't hurt its feelings, you can't do anything. You might, try, you might defile that body, but that soul has already gone on, either going to heaven or it's going to hell. But that's who you are. You're shaking your heads now. You're saying amen now. You're taking this in now. You're breathing. You might be thinking about lunch when we get out of here. Whatever it may be, that's exactly who you are. So everything that is in you, every thought process, everything, we love him with our soul. Now I'm going to ask you today, do you love him with all your heart? And do you love him with all your soul? This is your place to find out. And the only way that you can answer that question 
exactly is by the Spirit. We're going to get there here in just a minute. Love Him with all your mind. Now we need to love Him with all of our mind and the reason some of us don't love the Lord is we don't study. And the reason we don't study is we don't love the Lord. That's just as simple as that. So you can't leave your mind out of all this. It's a package deal. He said love him with these, th- these four things. So we have to have everything. We've got to have our mind. I don't care how much Greek you know, how much anything that you know, how many versions of the Bible you know, how many languages you speak. We've got to put our mind in there and let the Spirit teach us. That's the only way we can be taught. You can have all the head knowledge in the world about the Word and not have the Spirit leading. And that's when trouble comes. I mean, look around. We've got churches of all kinds of denominations. Everybody's loving Jesus, and everybody's saying they're wrong. Think about it. Do you think the Spirit's doing that? I asked you, do you think the Spirit is doing that? He's not. That's not what he does. So we have to put our whole minds in it. We can't leave it out. And with all of our strength, he's not just talking about our physical strength. Surely we are to give our entire physical strength. But he's talking more of the kind of strength that's like our emotional strength. We give everything to him and we have that emotional strength. When somebody's down, we're able to lift them up sometimes because we're not feeling it. Went to the hospital last night, prayed with Brother Eddie. He wasn't feeling it. But we're there. We're there to pray. We're there to lift each other up. So that emotional strength is there. Sometimes we have financial strength that we have. We have all kinds of abilities and talents that we have that God has given us. And the question is, is are you loving him that way? Because if he's given it to us, then we need to follow what the Spirit says. Are we loving him in that way? If you love me, keep my commandments. And as I said, don't tell me you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't keep his commandments because I'm going to tell you right now, here's the secret. He ain't a bit impressed about it. He ain't one bit impressed. Don't tell me how many verses of the Bible you know. Don't tell me how often you attend church and how many pens that you have. The question is, is are you reading the book and are you doing and obeying what the book says? been telling you in the last while, last month or so, we got to do what the book says. What does the book say? Not about our opinion, not about anybody else's opinion. We have to do what the book says. Are you loving the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength? That's the question for you to ask you. The question for me to ask me is, am I pouring everything I am into this? Am I letting the Spirit have His way? And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are and if you're doing all that, then you will keep his commandments. It's not a matter of doing to try to earn something. It's a matter of doing because we love him. It's that simple. It's very simple. In John 14 and 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and, I will, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now how in the world is that going to happen? If he's in heaven and he's ascended to the father, he did tell us way back there what we just read earlier that he's going to send the helper, the comforter. He has to come. We know all about that from uh, Acts chapter, uh, chapter 1 verse 8 I think it is, Right? So he needs to come and 
make home in us. Do you know that if you're not obeying God, if you're not bringing your life into conformity with His Word, God calls that rebellion. Did you know that? It's the same thing as disobedience along with stubbornness, along with idolatry, along with iniquity, and along with witchcraft. You remember when Samuel went to Saul. Saul was supposed to go take care of the Malachites, and he, he didn't do exactly what God told him to do, right? Uh-huh. He didn't do everything. So Samuel goes to him, 1 Samuel 15 and 22. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as is in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice. All the time you spend in church, all the work we do in church, it's more about obeying than it is about doing. All the money we give in church, that's good, and God wants to use it. He might tell you to do it. You listen to what He tells you to do, but it's better to obey Him than it is to sacrifice. That's what He said here and told Him. And to heed, to heed than the fat of rams. It's better to heed than to give the fat of rams, the sacrifice. For, now listen to the next verse, 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. If we are rebelling against God, it's just like witchcraft and stubbornness. Now, do we know anybody that's stubborn? There's been churches split over stubbornness. Over stubbornness. Not coming together, not seeking God. Oh, we went down and prayed, but we went down and told God what he needed to do. And God says, oh, no, I'm going to let you all deal with this because there's something sitting in your heart. And next time we're going to understand, you remember Simon the sorcerer? And that his name, whenever they, and he wanted to buy the Holy Ghost, you can't buy him. Peter said, I perceive there's something wicked in your heart, and you can't have that. And by the way, he was a believer because he was following them. That's exactly what the Bible says in Acts. And so, stubbornness, he said, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. When God gives us the word, we're to take this word in. We're allowed to allow this word to become ruler of our lives. We go off of the throne and God comes in on the throne. Jesus gets to sit on the throne in our lives. And he says, he has also rejected you from being king. There will be consequences when you reject God. Plain and simple, there will be consequences. You see, to fail to obey God is sheer rebellion. To fail to bring your life in accordance with the book, the Bible. It's nothing but rebellion. We don't like certain parts of it. We don't get to pick and choose. We have to take it all in. See, God may be telling you right now as the Spirit leads Him, He may be telling you right now to go and apologize to somebody. And you say, well, I can't do that. You don't know what they did. You go ahead and dress it up however you want, but if the Spirit of God is telling you right now, and He might be doing that right now, you need to go and apologize to somebody. Can I tell you, if you don't do that and think it's just a simple thing, I'm going to let it go, come up with whatever excuse you want, that is called rebellion. And it's just like witchcraft. It's stubbornness. He might be telling you to give some money. Now, we get weird when it comes to money, don't we? We worked hard for it. It's my money. You don't have anything unless God gave it to you. 
He might be telling you to give to somebody, and whenever he tells you to give to somebody, he don't need to have your opinion. He don't need you to find out, well, you know, the life they've lived, they've squandered, they did this, they did that, they did everything else. He didn't tell us to be the banker that makes them fill out a loan draft to see if they're worthy to have our money. If he says you give it, you give it. They don't do right with it. That's between them and him. He may not tell you to give again, but you do what God tells you to do. Because to say, I'm not going to do that, they don't deserve that, I'm going to tell you right now, that is rebellion against God. It's just that simple, folks. He might be telling you, by the way, to go and witness to somebody. Ain't the Great Commission for all of us? And he's told us to go to Paraguay for two weeks, and we're going. Talk to him about it. I don't need to talk to nobody else about it. I talk to him about it. And I'm going to tell you, before you cast that stone, I'm going to ask you this. Have you walked across your backyard and talked to your neighbor when God told you? That's a mission field. If you were like God, Paraguay is this step. Across your backyard is this step. The other side of town is the same step. I got real quiet just now, didn't I? Because I hit a nerve. And that's the Holy Ghost doing his work. To receive what he gives is rebellion. He may be telling you to witness to somebody, and you say, well, they've lived a life you don't know like I do. It doesn't matter. He knows what he's doing, and to, wit and to not go and witness to somebody is rebellion against God. Hmm. God says stubbornness is like idolatry and iniquity is like in, in witchcraft. John 14 and 21, read it again. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. There are a lot of people that I talk to that say Jesus Christ is not personal to them. They ask me questions, how do I do this? How do I live my life this way? How do I have, have the power to do this? I don't understand all of that. God just doesn't manifest himself to me. I don't have this intimate personal relationship with Jesus like some do, and I'm going to tell you why. You're not studying what's in the book, and then you're not doing what's in the book. If God tells you, don't steal, and you say, well, I don't know if I'm going to go by that one. Your learning days just got, just ended. You're not going to be able to hear anything else the Spirit has to say about anything because you'll be picking and choosing what you want. Amen? Amen. we got to do what the book says. Now, part of doing the book is receiving the Holy Spirit. That'll be the next message. John 14 and 26, but the Helper, or the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, he tells us right now who he is, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Let me tell you who he is. We read the Gospels, and we like reading the Gospels, don't we? Jesus walked with them. We say, boy, we sure would like to have Jesus here. Can I tell you what? He can be in every one of us. And lead every one of us. Maybe he's in me this morning. I believe he is. 
and said, give this message, and I'm going to give the message. And that message, if we bring it into our hearts, is going to help us to grow. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. Maybe you've never believed in this idea of having the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now that you've got to have him, and it's a must, and the Bible shows us. More on that in the next message. You know, I'm just enticing you to come back in a month. No, I'll come back before then, but in a month I'll be teaching this. But he is just like the Holy Spirit is to you and me like Jesus was with the disciples. They sat down and had bread together. They sat down and ate fish together. He sat down and taught them. When they didn't understand something, what did they say? They said, Lord, what did you mean by that? And so he would break it on down for them. Now the ones that didn't want to know anything, he just started speaking in parables with them because they wouldn't receive nothing in the first place. And so he just gave parables to them that they would hopefully maybe get it. I don't know. I don't know what his plan was with that. But see, they wanted to know. They were hungry to know what God had to say. And that is what he does. He is our guide. He's our director. He's our friend. He is our helper. That's who the Holy Ghost is. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't know him and if he ain't in your life, you are on a bad path of tragedy and burden. How many people... Do we know that are Christians that are just so burdened down? Don't we know a lot? A lot of them might be sitting in here with us this morning. And this morning you have the chance to come and receive from him. You have that chance this morning. It's not about eloquent speaking or non-eloquent speaking in my case. It's about the pull on, his heart, on your heart that he puts there. He tells us, resist not. Resist not. Jesus said, no man comes to me but by the Father. You can't just wake up one day and say, well, I'm going to go to Jesus and get saved. Oh, no, it don't work that way. I'm going to live how I want to live. When I get sick, find out I got cancer, and they tell me I got two days to live, I'm just going to go knock on heaven's door. Let me tell you something, it don't work like that. Now, there are people that have deathbed confessions, and they've gotten saved, I reckon. I only got their word. I don't see anybody's hearts. But I can tell you this. The only way that you come through Christ is that God draws you. How does he do that? By the Spirit. You got saved one day. If you're sitting here saved today, and if you're not saved today, maybe he's talking to you right now and, and just banging on your heart's door. I know that's what happened to me. I got convicted, and I needed to get things settled with God. Didn't know anything about him, didn't know him, but I knew right then and there I had to make it right with God. And the only way that that happened was the power of the Spirit. Had nothing to do with teaching. Had nothing to do with book learning. It had to do with the Spirit leading somebody and somebody following the Spirit. That's how it happened. That's how salvation came about. Look in Acts 16 and 14. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was seller, a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Who opened her heart? You and I cannot open hearts. It's the work of the Spirit that does that. That's how we are saved. 
We listen to him. We follow him. My dad was not in a, in a, in a service getting preached to. He didn't have amazing grace on in the, back of the, in the back room. He was laying in his bed asleep at night and the Holy Ghost came into his room and started talking to him in his heart and he crawled out of his bed right there all by himself and knelt down and cried like a baby asking God to take over his life. So it ain't about the program. It ain't about the screens or not screens. It ain't about electric guitars or flat guitars. It ain't about electric drums or regular drums. It ain't about banjos and fiddles. It's about what the Spirit does. Plain and simple. Oh, we can use these things. These are tools and those talents come in. And we can use those tools as the Spirit leads us. But we can't just make something happen. It has to be what God is doing. And that's how my dad received salvation. Just him in the room by himself. Him and the Lord. And I thank God for it because I get to see him again. Someday I get to be reunited with my mom and my dad. Acts 7 and 51. Stephen said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the spirit as your fathers did. You see, we can resist the Spirit. You may get called upon today. Last week we had prayer early before service was over. It broke my heart to see all the people when I got done praying how empty the spots were. They had gone out. They couldn't even give ten minutes worth of prayer to God. And yet they want something done. They get mad at you and me because we don't do something, but yet they had, to, had the opportunity in a body of believers to come in and cry out to God and receive from God, but would not. You see, that's whenever your spirit led, whenever he tells you to pray, you pray. That's what it means to be spirit led, to be spirit filled. A part of it. A part of it. Oh, praise God, praise God. He is the one that draws us. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. One of the gifts of the Spirit is having a, a, a spirit of discernment. That's one of the gifts. The only way we can know the mysteries of God and the things of God is that He reveals it to us. We can't just know it. We can't just look in the book and start getting it. It won't make sense to us. People say all the time, I don't understand the Bible. You ain't reading it, and by the way, you need the Holy Spirit. That's why you can't understand. Because He will teach you all things, and guess what? He won't teach us four or five different things from one scripture. In, in, you, know, you know what I'm saying? He's not going to give you this angle, this angle, and this angle. There ain't no angles. The only thing is depth. Oh, you can get a lot deeper with it, but we don't undo the things that he's taught us. Acts 1 and 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and, when, and, then, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That's where the power comes to be able to do the book. It's not hard, is it? But our theological teaching sometimes, you know, sometimes we know more about theology than God does, we think. But that's not what he teaches us. Oh, the baptism of the Spirit is something different. Oh. He knocks on your heart's door for you to be saved. But then, he's got to be able to come in. 
And we've got to go in him. We're going to talk more about that in two weeks, aren't we? Or four weeks. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Folks, you can only grieve somebody who loves you, can't you? There's some dude in California right now, maybe on 11th Street in L.A. doing something, ain't grieving me a bit, don't know who he is. But my sweetie and my babies and you guys, oh, when we have this relationship, we can grieve one another. And that's the, we can grieve the Spirit of God. He is a person. He's not an it. You can grieve him. That's what the Bible teaches us. Ephesians 4 and 25, Therefore putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one, one another. Be angry and, not, and do not sin, and do not let the sun go, go down on your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who is in need. That's when he says, hey, I need you to give this guy a 50, 50 spot. Oh, I can't do that, Jesus. I work too hard for my money. That guy's a bum. You realize that might be the very thing, the last seed, the last straw that broke the camel's back, that he's going to give God glory. And you and I sit here and think that we get to tell God what to do. I promise you now, you give him that 50 spot, he'll make it worth your while. You'll have a brother in Christ. Amen. Don't we get excited about brothers in Christ? Don't we get excited about people getting saved? Amen. That's what we're to do. We get excited about it. Now you know you can tell the character of a man, but what makes him mad? Ephesians 4 and 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impact grace to the hearers. And it's not necessarily talking about filthy language here. We can say some words out of our mouths that does not edify people. Amen? We can put an edge on it and it don't, go, it don't come out the way we want it. The thing to look at it is, is, is this word bearing fruit? If it's bearing fruit for, the, for, for God, if it's bearing fruit for that believer or for that person you're talking to, then it's right. If it's not, oh, don't let this corrupt language. It's not just about using the filthy language. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? In 4.31, Ephesians 4.31, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You see, the tongue, not controlled by the Spirit, will create trouble. The tongue, not controlled by the Spirit, will cause trouble. Trouble. Always has, always will, plain and simple in the Word of God. It causes problems. You notice he said up here, he, he, he says, uh, bitterness and wrath and those things. Do you know that the word bitterness refers to somebody who has been wounded? Or someone who has perceived they've been wounded perception is a very dangerous reality folks they perceived that they've been wounded but what happens after that you have this bitterness comes in they think they've been done wrong it may be real it may be imagined but rather than carrying around this wrong whether it's real or whether it's not 
rather than taking it to Jesus Christ and doing forgiveness with what he teaches us in the word, they take it and they let it bury up in here. What comes after that? Bitterness. Bitterness, just this wrongdoing happens, and then the next thing you know, bitterness starts to well up. And he's talking about that in the scripture we just looked at. This bitterness comes up. They have a root of bitterness in the heart that has to be taken care of. And the word, wrath, that comes in next, it's the idea of heat. It's about doing a slow burn. Something ever got under your crawl and you just did a slow burn on it? Man, it lasted all day long. Next week it's still there. 25 years from now, it's still there. Get that slow burn coming. Well, it was from a wrong that happened. And by the way, we've got to deal with... Uh, Forgiveness. And whenever that happened, this brood of bitterness comes in. And then we start having, we start having this, this wrath that starts coming up. It's that slow burn that happens in our lives. And then the next thing you know, after we've internalized this bitterness, that by the way, the Holy Spirit told you how to take care of it, then you start lashing out. The simplest things will make you let this uncontrolled tongue that's not controlled by the Spirit just rattle off. Amen? The simplest things. The simplest things. Doesn't matter if the wall is white or blue. Spirit-filled people, and I'm going to use quotations on that because they ain't real. Spirit-filled people don't fight over the color of the wall. Spirit-filled people don't have a slow burn over it. And then the next thing you know, the least little thing you do that sets them off is justification to lash out. Can I tell you what? we got to do what the book says, folks. And that's not someone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not Lord of their life at all. And they explode, say things that we shouldn't say. So we let anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from us with all malice. Malice is, is, a, is a neat thing. It's, it's not good. Evil speaking becomes malice. We use that and when we have this desire to hurt them. Maybe we don't want to shoot them. Maybe we don't want to hit them in the nose. But have you ever saw somebody just flop their hand on and slap somebody? Got malice in their heart. And it started way back there before some unforgiveness happened. Oh, how terrible it is. But then we have this, we want revenge. I'm going to tell you, the Spirit don't do that. He don't teach us to want to have this revenge. Maybe we don't want to hurt them physically. Maybe we just want to hurt them financially, economically. That's happened in churches to pastors. They deliver truth. People don't like it. Oh, it's getting too close to home. And then they start taking votes. This guy's got to go. You know what you're doing? You're kicking God out. You're kicking God out. If he's preaching the word, that's good. Well, I'll just hurt him economically. And nobody knows that. Let me tell you something. God is always there. He sees everything. He knows everything. So we've got to have the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will, will work in us. And when we do these kinds of things, these kinds of things grieve him. So I'm asking you today, if you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, you know, will you say that I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? Still growing, I hope. 
But if you got some, some of this stuff sitting in your heart, you need to come back to the altar and let the Holy Ghost do his work. Because somewhere along the line, he got kicked out. Somewhere along the line, something happened. Something happened. And we don't quench the spirit. The Lord may ask us to witness to somebody. He may ask us to give to somebody. He may ask us to go. He may ask us to stay. Whatever he says is what we do. It's there right now. Here in this just a minute. You got a song in your heart, brother? If you want to pray, don't come and play. That's why we got computers back there with music on. Whatever he says to do, do, because otherwise it's disobedience. I wanted to teach this this morning, and we're going to go a, lot, a little bit deeper next time that I speak. But whatever he says, we do. And this morning, he may have something in your heart that he's wanting to deal with. And you remember this, if you sit in your seat and do not listen to the Spirit, that's rebellion. That's why we a lot of times walk out of church carrying the same baggage we walked in with. We didn't let him do his work. And we didn't listen to the word and do the book. And I'll tell you this, when he comes into you, there will be shouting in the house. There will be shouting because you'll be set free. You will be shouting as the Spirit leads you. You might be crying as the Spirit leads you. You might be giggling so crazy like me and Miss Arlene did a few years back, a long time ago. Just got the giggles that night. We laughed and we laughed and we giggled and it came off of her and got on me. See, when you let the Spirit fill you up, He overflows. We don't have to overflow nothing. He don't push us, He leads us. And when He fills me up, when He's delivered me, when I have peace in my spirit, when I have joy come flowing in, those are the things, the fruits that come from Him. Whenever He's there, no matter what I'm facing, He's coming in and as I let Him fill me up even more and as He fills me up even more, then it'll flow out. I don't have to make it flow out. But I've got, I got some sad news for you folks. There are a lot of people in this world today, maybe sitting in this church today, who do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're going to go a lot deeper in that, but can I tell you something? You're not going to go and come and receive from God if you don't believe it's real. If I told you right now that there's gold flowing out of that hydrant over at Eddie's house, he'll get a shotgun and shoot you if you come around. But if I told you there was gold flowing out of that, if you believed what I was telling you, every one of you, when everybody's heads was bowed and up here praying, We'd be sneaking out to go over and get our bucket filled up with some of that gold. Wouldn't we? Whenever the Holy Ghost comes in and He does His work, we don't have to push Him. When He comes in and He falls on somebody and blesses them, we don't have to catch them. Nothing bothers me more than some guy praying with somebody. I'm going to use your faith, just don't fall down, okay? But they'll come up. And they try to fake the God, that God, the Holy Spirit, is doing something. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will come. There's going to be power coming. Sometimes they make it happen. Sorry, Faith. 
But whenever that's going on, I'm going to tell you something. Whenever you see a church doing that or you see people doing that and they've got to have Johnny Bench back there to catch them, I'm going to tell you right now that's not God. I'm going to tell you right now that's not the Holy Spirit doing the work. Because if he's going to put you on the ground, he's going to make sure you get there safely. Because he loves you. He is your friend. He'll take you down sometimes. He might ask you to do a run. He might ask you to do a shout. I don't know what he might ask you to do. But when we don't do what he tells us to do, it's called disobedience. And if we are disobedient to him, there is no way in the world that we say we love Jesus Christ and not obey him. When the Holy Ghost is moving, I can't use faith again. I done pushed her once, but if he throws her down, at least you don't have to come along with a big quilt and throw across her. Because I'm going to tell you what, he won't expose this young woman. There'll be some perverts that want to see. Now, I'm getting real with you this morning. And they'll be sitting out here wanting to see, but I'll tell you what, he already knows what's on their hearts. And if he takes her out, he's going to turn her the other way. But her dress ain't going to be over her head. Because he's a gentleman. And I tell you right now, Faith, that he loves you more than your mama and daddy can love you. He wants to do so much in your life. He wants you to be led by him. Our young graduates have just stepped out and getting ready to go on their own. The question is, is are you following the leading of the Spirit? What mom and dad thinks may not be right. Because I can let the worldly things come into my mind and be telling my kids to go do this. Megan, go be a doctor. If she don't want to be a doctor, then that's not what happens. She needs to be seeking God. Taylor, you need to be seeking God and saying, what do you want me to do? Otherwise, you're out of sync with Him. And there won't be blessing. Oh, you might have a good life. You might have ten cars and a jet. I don't know if you're looking for materialistic things. But I'm going to tell you what. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And whatever He wants to give to us, we receive. Amen? Follow the leading of the Spirit. Let Him come in and lead you. And take any teaching you've heard that says the day you get saved. Now this is in the next message. That the day you get saved, you have the Holy Ghost. Wrong. 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 A lot of Christians walking around today that are believers. Some of them never even got baptized. There's a lot of believers walking around today that they believe in Jesus. They got baptized, but they're like, I don't know about this Holy Spirit stuff. You want to know something from God? He just told us in the book right there, He will teach you all things. You want to know what that word says? You want to know what it means? Talk to Him. He'll teach you all things. His only agenda is, is that you live in truth and anointing. Anointing is... When you're in cahoots with God, so to speak. Your gears are matching up with God's gears. That's the anointing. Amen? I want to invite you this morning. Come and receive from God what He has for you. The Holy Spirit's knocking on your heart right now. And I don't care what it is.
You might have a hang-up you've had for 50 years. Brother Murphy might have a hang-up he's had for 50 years and been afraid to let it be known because of the reputation. Oh, no. Whenever God comes in, it now is about him. I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying he may have. He's a man still breathing. God's still working on him. He's working on me. He's working on you. Don't walk away from here today carrying the same junk that you came in with. Let the Spirit come in. Invite Him to come in. Stand to your feet this morning if you can, if you want to. And I want to invite you to come forward and pray. And I'm asking you to come forward for this very reason. Our faith in God always is going to ask us to do something. He's always going to take us away from our comfort zone. Why? Because life's still about us. I want to ask you to come and receive from Him this morning. We got so much to praise him for. Brother Eddie had prayer last night. If y'all heard about that, he had to go to the hospital with chest pains and arm pains. And we got there last night. He was better. They said, oh, there wasn't nothing going on. We're going to run another blood test to make sure. Now the world will sit here and say, well, he just thought something was going on. I tend to believe that some people got a hold of heaven last night. That's what I believe. You can take what you want. But I'm giving my God the glory. We was out with some friends last night having, having supper whenever that happened. And right there in the restaurant, we just started praying. And I believe that God did His work last night. I believe that. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Come and receive this morning. Come and drink from the water of the well. Come and receive what He has for you this morning. Let His Spirit flow into you. Let His Spirit come in and overflow. The invitation's here. Don't wait for another word. Come. If the Holy Ghost is calling on you, come. If He has something for you, come. We got to receive what He has for us, church. We got to receive what He gives to us. He's got His spout up here getting ready to pour it out right now and saying, come and receive. And you know what you receive may be exactly what you need to take home to somebody. It may be exactly what you need to take to a co-worker. Come and receive what he has. That's the only way that you have the boldness to do what God has asked you to do is if the Holy Ghost is the one that's pulling your heartstrings. Come and receive. Come and receive that what he has for you. Taste and see that it is good. Come and see. Come and see. Would you mind if I said something? There's, there's... Come and see what he has for you. You're thinking about making a decision in your career. Come and see what God says. Come and receive what He has for you. Maybe you need healing in your heart. Maybe your heart is broken right now. And the thing you need to receive is His love and His comfort. He is the comforter. He's the helper. He helps us through the things that we face. Come and receive. Come and receive.